get to do uh, a little bit of air traffic control this morning. I'm going to give you just a little bit of insight of what you're in for because this is not your typical service. All right. So everything to this point feels pretty normal, right? For the most part, we haven't done anything crazy yet. Just wait, there's more. I wanted to get you primed for this and I get to introduce our speaker today as well, which is weird that I'm doing it instead of Jeff doing it because I don't have the background and like what Alicia did and what school she went to. I don't know any of those things. What I do know is the most important piece, which is uh, Alicia's been talking to Jesus and Jesus has been talking to Alicia. And what's about to happen today is she is going to bridge that gap between what she's been talking about and what Jesus has been talking about with her for this church. Uh, there's so many things that are happening that you don't even see, you don't even know about, that we've sort of been trying to build towards. And so we're in the middle of this series. We're asking these five questions. We're kind of stopping at this point to do what Alicia is calling a pulse check. And a pulse check is going to check your pulse, check our pulse, check the church's pulse to talk about what comes next. I will say this. I, I pop up here every once in a while and I put a slide that looks like this up. Everybody sees a slide that has a cell phone number on it. I almost always put these up and I say, write that number down. You should put that number in your phone because you're going to need it throughout the rest of the service. And no one takes that seriously because then it's like, well, you know, if I need it, then I'll figure it out. This is not coming back up. This is your one chance to get it. So if you have my cell phone number, you've got it. That's great. You're texting me. There will be questions. Those questions that you're going to want to think to yourself, if I just raise my hand, Alicia will call on me because she's a teacher and she knows how to do that. Don't do that. Text me because at the end of her message, I'm going to come back up with your questions and a couple of questions that I've already got about this service, we're going to do them together. We're going to do them live in front of everybody before we move to our next piece. This is the last chance you will see this service start to feel very normal because we're going to break out into breakout groups. We're going to different parts of the church as part of the service. It's going to be odd. It's going to be great. It's going to be audate. Grod. It's going, to be, it's going to be just like this moment. It's going to be wonderful and awful all at the same time. We're going to find a way to make this work. Are you ready for this? Is everybody okay with that? A resounding yes, because it doesn't matter. We're doing it anyways. Good, good. Alicia, I, uh, I can't wait to hear this message that mm. you've been building for a couple of weeks. I'm so excited for this. I hope you're excited as well. Uh, I'm going to leave it to you, Alicia. I'll invite you up and she will walk us through the next 20 minutes of presenting on what we can do as a church moving forward. Thank you so much. It's so fun to work with Jay. You guys know that, but I'm kind of new at it. I know we've already prayed. Is it okay if we pray again? Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? Father God, thank you so much for this rest day. And I just pray that we can enter into your rest right now. Our minds go a thousand miles a minute all the time. But I just pray for right now we can just be in your presence and together and that you would speak to us. Amen. So I'm Alicia Patterson. I'm your new pastor's wife. 
I'm the mother of four, and I'm the lead professor of two classes at Advent Health University, Jesus and Contemporary Society, and Issues in Grieving and Loss. Most of you know these things already, but some of you don't. Because the parsonage flooded, and Jeff came in January with Gable, and I didn't come until the end of May when there was somewhere to move our things. And thank you for fixing up the parsonage and making it somewhere we can live. But this has been the messiest move we have ever had, for sure. No one's fault, just the facts. And being so busy getting settled and finishing one trimester and starting the other trimester, I just feel like I haven't gotten to know everybody like I would like to. But I want to say something that Jeff and I already know, and that is that we love you. That is part of the reason God brought us here, is to love you. And that's a commitment that we made when we said yes to coming. And that is a promise. How are we doing, you might wonder. Well, thank you for asking. We're doing well. Jeff isn't sorry he came. People back in Florida will say, are you sorry you came? No, he's still glad that he made this choice. I miss Florida. I miss the warmth. I miss the beach. I miss our old house. I miss our old friends. But... We also love Colorado. We love the sky and the mountains, and we love our new church family, and we love coming to know you better. There's so many interesting people here that I'd like to get more, um, to know more. I'm busy like you. And there's another fact, and that is this. While I know some of you individually, my, my people back home will say, how do you like your new congregation? And I'll say, I like individuals, but I don't really know the congregation as a whole. I don't know the personality because COVID. Because when we got here, it was not very many people. And there still aren't. And I don't know why. I don't know who's gone to Campion. I don't know who is watching online. I don't know why they're staying home. Could be fear of a pre-existing condition. Could be, I just got comfortable. I'm so busy and I'm taking my Sabbath rest in the pajamas. I don't know the culture of this congregation yet. I just know awesome individuals. And I don't know how you're doing. I know that you had two pastors before us that left quickly, and that can be painful. I know that you've had some awesome times here. But I wonder how you're doing right now. And so that's why we're doing a pulse check. We're taking the pulse of the congregation, the pulse of each other, and the pulse of us as a whole. So I wonder, how is the body of Christ doing here in Boulder? If you will turn with me to our main verse today, or you can read it on the screen, 
It's Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Anybody love Ephesians like me? Ephesians is one of my favorite books. Anybody? Yay, Laura and I. I love Ephesians. And we're going to, I'm going to set the context just a little bit. Paul has been talking about the gifts that Jesus brought when he ascended and that he brought gifts back. And the first gift was the gift of grace. And then it says, the gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming and fear-mongering. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is one of my favorite texts, and so many sermons could be preached from it. But the thing I want to concentrate on today is the idea of the body of Christ. Paul says that God gave us gifts for the purpose of equipping us for ministry and building up the body of Christ. So today we're checking on the body of Christ. How are you doing individually? It's been a rough time. How are we doing as the body of Christ? This is a pulse check. Let's talk about the pandemic period for a second because it's changed things. COVID has been hard on everyone in some of the same ways and in very different ways. This morning, my friend Tanya is preparing herself for her husband's funeral. She, her husband divorced her decade ago. His wife died. They didn't ever plan on getting married again. And 14 months ago, they found each other. And they would say, this is my redemption. This is the redemption story that God brought us, this love story. And about five weeks ago, both her mom and her husband contracted COVID. And she was caring for her mom in one hospital and her husband in another. And at some point, the mom died. And the next week, her healthy, awesome husband died. And she's just trying to stay off the floor right now. She's absolutely devastated. Among other things that COVID has taught us is a deeper reliance on God 
and an awareness of something that was always true. And that is, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We never did. Do we have anybody working slides? We do. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and flip through the first two and come to the third. Hmm. Um, we're going to go back one to that text right there. Thank you so much. So this is James 4, 13 through 17. You know, we used to think we knew what was coming next, but the words of James are a lot more poignant than maybe they ever have been before. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to that or this city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make some money. Why, well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that. Nobody but God could have predicted what we just went through and what we are still going through. That today would be the same as tomorrow. We would get up, we would do this, we would do that. That we could plan a vacation, that we could plan a trip. Not anymore. The pandemic has taken from us the false security that we used to be under. Like the scoffers Peter alludes to in his second letter, we thought that every day will be like the day before. But how quickly a sub-microscopic entity changed that. And for a while we thought, it's over. And it isn't. We hope at least that we will move soon from pandemic to endemic. But it looks like we're in this for the long haul. We continue to live with so many uncertainties. And because of that, anxiety has skyrocketed. Because we are aware more than ever how little we're in control of. I see this in my students. I see this in myself. And we're all tired. We are existentially tired, and it weighs on us. The coronavirus just shook us like a dog shaking a rat. It shook us to the core, and it loosened us from some of our firmly held moorings. And during this time, we've asked a lot of questions, some existential questions like, who am I? Who am I really to the core? Is this who I want to be? My friend Candy DeVore, who is a counselor at Forest Lake Church from whence we came, said that there was a theme in a lot of the people she was counseling. And that was, I feel ineffective. I don't feel good at my job. I'm, I'm homeschooling now, and I'm not the best homeschooling mom ever. I'm working from home, and I'm not doing it perfectly. But the insane increase of deaths in the hospital, of the fear around us, we've never in our lifetimes been through a pandemic before. And the home, work, life 
school boundaries have been broken. And if you're not doing it perfectly, can you give yourself a break? Because this is new. And if you feel inadequate, this is normal because we haven't done this before. Another question I have found myself asking is, what am I doing with my life? What do I want to be doing? Jeff and I met a CU professor at Matt and Kinsley's wedding. And we fell into a conversation, a deep conversation, quickly, which I find happens a lot at this point. And he's a professor of engineering, I'm a professor of religion, and yet quickly we found we are asking the same questions. We're saying, wow, this job takes up a lot of my time and energy. Do I want to still do it? We're asking these questions. Many of us were going so fast, got to get it done, got to get it done, got to get it done. That's all we thought, like machines, before COVID hit. And for some of us, life slowed down for a little bit. And then some ramped up, some, like our frontline workers and our healthcare professionals, haven't caught in a break yet. But those of us who have gotten a little break, like maybe on Sabbath, we're not sure we want to pick up that schedule again. We're not sure we want to keep up that pace. And maybe don't want to go back to church because we don't have to get dressed. I enjoyed it myself. Maybe we don't want to do the ministry we were doing because it was just too much and we're tired. COVID has been hard on marriages. You saw the memes of cats that want their owners to go back to work and give them a little space. But there are spouses who are not used to having that much time together and it hasn't gone well. Marriages are crumbling. Domestic violence has escalated as people have been kept in a small space together. These are just some of the things we've been dealing with that have caused us to retreat political division, racial strife, the unknowing, does COVID last on a hard surface for three days? Should I put my bags in the garage before I touch them? Does hand washing help? Oh, masks help. We were all scrambling to figure out how to deal with this, and it's been hard. So it's been easy to retreat to our homes, and that was good, to our families, to our inner circle of friends, to what feels comfortable, to the people who agree with us. So another question is this, what is my relationship with the world around me, with people of different political persuasions, different races, other kinds of persuasions that are different than ours. And where does the gospel commission come into this? Have we lost that in our desire to just stay afloat? What is God hoping for? I have noticed a new openness to relationship like I have never noticed before. I love people. I love to go deep fast. But 
there are two short stories I want to tell you. When we moved into our neighborhood, which I love everyone I've met a lot, and we've already become part of each other's lives in some ways, we met the dear couple across the street. Both had been middle school teachers. They had found each other. They're still together. Neat people. And when we met across the street and they came into our yard, Gable shook hands with the woman and she started to tear up. This was before the Delta variant. And she said, I haven't touched anybody for so long. I haven't touched anybody but my husband. And it was really meaningful to her. You know, I went to the DMV to get my Colorado driver's license, which I still haven't gotten. Jeff got his. They made me prove that I was married. Had to go back and get my marriage certificate, even though my license said Alicia Williams Patterson, and so did my social security card. But in line, and even talking to the people we were getting our license from, I had three deep conversations. Three. Two young women and a young man. The young woman didn't want to stop talking to me. She kept talking to me while we were talking to the people in line. People are hungry for a human connection. We're hungry for good conversation, for meals together. We weren't meant to live in isolation. We weren't meant to just see each other from the eyes up. Um, Psychology Today was talking about how much we're missing in nonverbal expression. But let me tell you something really, really cool. When people are hungry for relationship and you will be there with the Spirit of God in you, you can help connect them at some point because they don't know it, but they are hungry for God as well. Dear ones, we used to say, dearly beloved, you are beloved by God. And if you're feeling a little broken right now, that's appropriate. That's okay. In fact, this is the place we come when we feel broken. Because if we'll be honest about it, and we'll be safe for each other, that's one of the things church is for. That we can tell our stories and listen to other people's stories, that we can love on each other and point each other to Jesus. And it's not just individuals that are broken, it's systems. And one of the things, and this is the last thing I want to end on, is COVID has redefined church. What's church? What makes up a congregation and a body of Christ? What do we want it to be? What do we think God wants? What do we want back from what we lost and how can we do it? And God is always doing a new thing. What new thing might God want to do? We are the body of Christ And as we just read in Ephesians earlier, with our gifts, we can do these things. Listen to his list. We can equip each other for ministry. Or we could be jealous of each other's gifts. We can build each other up or we can tear each other down. They are both within our capabilities. 
we can come together in the unity of faith, or we can let differences divide us. We can have a knowledge of the Son of God or a knowledge of the latest Netflix series. Listen, people, community together in the unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God. Is anybody else excited about that? What is better than community and knowledge? Maybe throw food in there and we've, we've got it going on. Those are great things. And it says this will protect us from being at the mercy of false doctrine and winds of fear that come from deceitfulness, scheming, misinformation. There has been not only misinformation because we just didn't know, there has been, and it's so demonic, purposeful misinformation. Wow. But do you know that coming together and sharing our shared knowledge and our prayers can be a hedge of protection, hearing our different perspectives and coming to God together. We need to learn to speak the truth in love. Hard thing to do. It's easy to just like tell your truth. And sometimes it's easy just to love and leave it. But to speak the truth in love, that takes courage. That takes thought and prayer. It says we'll grow up that will be mature. And with each part working together and loving on each other, that we will have a properly working body and we will grow up into Christ who is the head. And then what? Paul doesn't tell us in this passage, but knowing Christ, our Messiah, knowing Jesus, then that's not going to just stay here. We're going to love each other and we're going to go out and love others who are not in our group, and we're going to bring them back to their Father God. So how do we work together to build up the body in love? God brought this body together with its different perspectives, its different personalities, its different gifts, and he will use this body to make a difference. So how is the pulse here? You're the ones that have to answer that question. Jeff and I will not and cannot and shouldn't come and impose our program on you and impose our vision on you. God already brought you here, and he will show the way through you. So that's what we're going to take today is the pulse. Can we go to the next slide? Jeff has been talking about the five questions people ask of the church. Do you love me? Well, do you want me here? Do you love me? Is the Lord with you? They want to know that about our church. Do you have a purpose as a church? And is there a place for me in that purpose? So I want to go to the next slide, and I want you to think first about you, because you're our first-line care. Did I do something? There we go. Jeff's dad has a phrase that says, we need to be fishers of men, but we need to keep the aquarium healthy. And before we can fish well, we've got to have something back to bring them into. It will never be a perfect place, but it should be a loving place. So I want you to think first, do you feel wanted here? 
Do you feel loved? Do you feel that the Lord is with us? Does the church at Boulder, this body of Christ, have a purpose? And do you feel, do you know there is a place for you in that purpose? We're checking your pulse because you're, you're the first concern. And we're going to spend a little time praying and thinking about that in a second. And I want you to consider those questions, those five questions, in these three areas. So I've just named them these, and you can call them your own things. But in the middle of the circle, that's us, probably, most people here. That's the committed. You're coming. You're committed to this church. And the yellow is can't decide. I'm not sure if I'm in or not. And, or the, I don't feel connected. And then the third is the community around us that starts on the hill, that starts in these beautiful homes and extends to the university, to the middle class, to the working, to the homeless. So let's go to the next slide. And I want you to think for a second, and we're going to do some group thinking on this, some group think. And that is, when you ask these five questions of three different areas, what do you hear? So we talked about you. Now think about the others that are committed in this congregation. What would help them feel loved and wanted? What would help your person who's sitting in the row next to you know that God's presence is here, that they have a purpose that they can join, that we have a purpose together. For the can't decide or the feeling disconnected, what would help you feel, maybe that's you, or them feel, if you're the connected, what would help you feel loved and wanted? What would help you know that God's presence is here? What would help the can't decide group know what our purpose is? And if there's a place for them in this purpose, what would help Boulder know that they're loved by an amazing God, that we want them here, even if they look a lot different? How would they know that God's presence is here? How would they know what our purpose is? And I'm telling you, people like to have purpose. They like to have a vision. Without that, they die inside. So they'd want to know, how do I fit into that purpose? What do I bring? So I'm going to let Jay come up for a second. And while he's coming up, I'm going to show you what we're going to do next. Um, we're going to ask you what you think about these. And please... All of you have had thoughts about this church. I wish, or I love, or I wish this was here, or I wish this wasn't here. We need to hear from you where we're not going to know. And Jeff allowed me to ask these questions at a time that we're all here or online because what you have to say is needed and important. What? You got so many. Jay has so many questions questions. There we go. Now you can hear my questions too. Now keep them coming too. So I will read them while I'm going through. This is the one time a millennial is allowed to use his phone at church. I love that. Focus on it. <laughs> the rest of you put them away unless you're texting me, Jonah. 
All right, good. Um, so they don't know this yet, but we know this yet. We, we're not just looking at a screen. We're about to make actual votes with our feet and pick one of these groups. That's right. So as she'll explain in a moment, I'm going to read the minds of the people that are in the room and project a question forward. Okay. What are we signing up for if we pick a group? Am I fully committed? Am I locked into this thing? That's a good question. You're not signed up for anything. What you're doing is just letting the Lord call you to give ideas. What are you most... Which group do you feel most called to? Or which group do you have the most ideas for? Which group do you have a passion and a heart for? And we're going to brainstorm together. And you can say all those things you wish you could say to somebody that they would hear. I understand that a lot of us are tired. And you're not signing up for anything. We're going to ask you if you want to. There's no coercion here. There's an invitation to share ideas. And then, does anyone, anyone want to get behind those ideas? Not a time of coercion, a time of pulse checking. Let's say I start with a group. Can I switch groups later? Sure. Okay. All right. So I'm, yeah. not, I'm not stuck. Okay. Here's the other thing. Um, they don't know this. You and I know this. At the end of every pew is a questionnaire that we're going to hand to everybody with a pen. We're going to ask you to fill those things out which means there's paperwork, there's your opinions, there's your thoughts, there's your prayers on them. Are we collecting those? Yeah. In fact, um, we're going to go over those. And Jay and uh, Jeff will put together what you said, and we'll look at it. And we'll know things collectively that we don't know now. That would be so cool. Jeff's really good at doing graphs. So that would be awesome. Do I have to put my name on it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so what, okay, here's another piece. Um, here is, and I'm getting texts, so if you're texting me, keep them coming. I'm reading them as we go. Um, what if I'm at home? What if I am online? Am I allowed to play the game? Yeah, it'd be so cool. So um, Pastor Jay, who is awesome in every way, put your questionnaire online so you can download it. You can put suggestions in the chat if that's easier for you. Or please do this. We want to know. I even want to know, why are you online? Because you live in Philadelphia? Okay. Because you are being protective of your health? Okay. Because you, and we want to support you. Because you're just like, I don't know if I want to come back to church or not. Okay, let's talk. We want your ideas. Even if you're in Philadelphia and you'll never be in Boulder, you might have a great idea. Please share. Okay. What if I'm not a member of this church? Do you want my opinion still? Absolutely. Okay. We want to know. Maybe you can help us know how to reach the don't dis can't decide or the community. You're our partner. You're part of us. Absolutely. What if I'm not an Adventist? Am I allowed to talk about Adventism or what we're doing at this church? Wouldn't that be good to hear from a different perspective? Absolutely. If you're alive, we want your opinion. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, we'll wait till Jesus comes. <laughs> Amen. Uh, let's see. Uh, I will answer this one. Somebody asked, are we collecting the email addresses of the people that are doing the Google Forms? The answer is no. So if you're at home... It's coming to us anonymously. You'll have to put somewhere in the form who you are if you want us to connect. I want to address that too with our paper form, which you're going to get in a second. If you want to put your name on this because you want a further conversation, you want us to know who you are, put your name on it. 
I purposefully didn't leave a space for a name because you may not want to do it. You may want to give feedback anonymously. Totally up to you. Good. Here's one. When we split into groups, are we picking the group we feel that we actually are a part of or the group that we would like to help? That is up to you. We're going to spend a little time in prayer. And I want you to go to the group you feel called to go to. So if you're in the Can't Decide group, we'd like to hear from you. You could give us ideas. Um, if you're in the Committed group, you may have ideas for other people like you. It's just up to you. Do you want to um, give ideas for another group or ideas for the group you're in? That's up to you and Jesus. We will not be checking IDs at the door. Cool. I, wait, oh, I was going to say... I could, I could ask you this one, but I don't know you'd have an answer for it. Um, and we'll probably cover it in one of the groups. So okay. I think I'll wait to ask that one. That's okay. when I, do you feel like there's something that maybe they don't have that we should have asked? I don't know. If you have a really hard question, I would suggest that you ask Pastor Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, so uh, as Alicia said a moment ago, we, we're not ready to move yet. Because here's the thing, like I said in the introduction, this is an intro to the conversation Jesus has been having with Alicia. I don't know that we've given you sufficient time to think this through with God. And so what we're going to do in a moment, Alicia's going to get a little bit more specific with the questionnaire, but I get to bring some good news, and it's wonderful good news, and I am so, so excited about this. Um, how many people have been missing live music? Anybody sick of singing to a video? Love it when we have live music. I love that people are being honest, too. I love that Peter heard himself just now stretching his hand higher than it was for the first question to say how his disdain for the second one. We're working on it. Not only are we working on it, we hear your cries. We know that we need to change this. And so we brought you Jared, and we're super excited about Jared. And we're excited that he's here on a semi-regular basis. But Amen. that leaves another semi-regular basis for us to fill. God is not only talking to Alicia, God has also been talking to another of our members. That member happens to be Laura Klein, who two weeks ago said, I'd like to be considered for this. I'd like to step forward in this. I'd like to be your next worship Committed. leader. Committed. So she's here today, and she is going to lead us uh, through this reflection period. So she's going to play the piano in the background. Um, and the, the hook to all of this, when we break into our groups, you're going to be tempted at the end of that moment to wander off. Laura is coming back, and we're going to sing together in a large group as our church uh, for the people online as well. Um, you're going to see at a certain point, like the, the, the stream is just going to go to this picture that you're seeing now. You're going to hear iPod music. That doesn't mean the service is over. It means you might take a 20-minute break if you're online. For the rest of us, we're going to go into different rooms and have this conversation. For you online, fill that stuff out that you have uh, on the YouTube page. So if you're on YouTube, in the bio is a link. That link will take you to the Google form. You can fill this out as we're filling it out. But Laura will come back and be a part of it. But the best part is, Laura is here. I've talked over her walking on stage, which was a mistake. Let's welcome Laura. Thank Laura. Be a part of this staff. We're so excited. We appreciate you. So right, Alicia, awesome. walk her through the questionnaire. We'll give you a chance to pray, and then we're going to make you move into your next stage. So we'll wait until they get them out. 
I just wanted to walk you through the connection here. By the way, if you're online, think about, after you do your questionnaire, what suggestions do you want to make in these categories? So, you who are here, what are you personally feeling the need of at church? And actually, go ahead and get your questionnaire. I'm just going to walk you through it. They're at the ends and the middles of the rows. Go ahead and get that. Make sure you have a pen. So, listen, remember, this can be anonymous. And I want to say this. If when we break into groups, you feel like leaving, before you leave, tell us why you feel like leaving. You, we want to know, who, you know what it is that you need most. What do you feel the need of? So, what are you personally feeling the need of at church? You. Are you wanting to feel more loved, more wanted, more connected, more purposeful? Did we used to do something that we don't do anymore? Are you wishing for something we've never done? Do you have an idea? That's the first question. The second question is, what do you think needs to be done for the committed, those coming regularly? Is there something you've missed or think is needed? How do we build community even if we are in COVID for the long haul and respect everybody? How do we help our more at-risk population who are still staying home feel connected to this community? Honey, will you bring up my other PowerPoint? I don't know why there's not the rest of this. Might have been that thing that was happening with our printer. You know, I have a bunch of ideas. Thank you, love. How we could do that. You know, I'm just going to prime the pump here. And these questions are priming the pump. What if we went to their door? They're scared to come to church. What if we went to their door, rang the doorbell, stood back and sang a hymn? What if we prayed for them? What if we sent them cards? What if we called them? So what are your ideas for that? And then, how do we help? Yeah, it just quit, so I'm going to look at this. How do we help those who can't decide or don't feel connected yet decide? Now you see the first one is blank, because that's what I want, your idea on this. What have you heard? What do you feel? Um, does anybody not have one of the questionnaires? Can you raise your hand if you don't have one? Thank you for coming to get one. That makes me feel really happy that you wanted one. So, um, what is your first thought? Um, how do we help people who have gotten used to Sabbath rest at home remember how good it is to be together in person? I cried the first time I came back at church, but I didn't know I would because I was really enjoying Sabbath in, the, in my pajamas. You don't remember what it's like to be with the body of Christ and all sing together sometimes until you come. What would help them come? What would help them stay connected and decide? How about the community? How can we connect the bolder community to God? How can we show interest and concern for them? So, I put, I put in there, um, I thought I did some more here. Is this the community? Can we move to the community slide? So I have there rich, but still hurting, and I want to I wanna just kind of tuck on that. 
the ones around us here, they have some money to live in these beautiful houses. But you know what? They may not feel a need of God yet, but their 15-year-old daughter may have tried to commit suicide last year, like one person who came for Porch Fest told me and let me pray about. They may be worried because do they have cancer or not, they'll know next Tuesday. They may be worried because their marriage is falling apart. They may be rich and have need of nothing in the way of finances, but they need somebody to care about them, and they need Jesus. What about those who are different from us, but they still need community in Jesus? How about those with different lifestyles who still need to be loved? And then the last slide of, of these, and then we're going to work on that. We're going to do some prayer. What gifts or expertise would bring you joy to use for the Lord here? What ideas are going to be generated that you might feel motivation to get behind? Is there anything you're tired of doing that maybe you think, I'm going to stop and I'm going to give somebody else a chance to do this? Now, some of you are thinking, aha, I knew they were going to rope us in to do things, but that is not what this is about. There are some of you who want to do some things. This is not coercion. This is an invitation. If you're at that place, let us know what it is. And if you're not, because you're just still existentially tired, you're hurting, just give ideas right now. That's all that we need you to do. So I'm going to ask Gloria to start playing now, and I can't wait for that reflective music. And I want to lead you into prayer. Some of you already have ideas. You've been praying. But um, we're going to pray. I'm going to start you. And then I'm going to consider this whole time while you are working on your questionnaire is prayer. This is you and God with a name or anonymously. We want to know how God is moving you and what ideas you bring. So, Father God, thank you so much for the body of Christ at Boulder. I don't even know who we all are, but you do. You're our shepherd. You're the head of this body, our, our over-shepherd. It's been a really weird time. And um, some of us don't even know what church is anymore or what it should be, or what we want it to be, or if we even want to be involved anymore, if we want to be involved like we used to be. And I'm just asking that you will speak to the committed and to those who just can't decide or don't feel connected. And man, it'd be great if there were anybody from the community that could watch or is wondering, or those of us just have ideas, because we used to be out there we used to be the ones that, oh, I don't know if I want to commit. So, Lord, right now, we're going to open our eyes and we're going to use our pens and we ask that the Holy Spirit will speak through the end of that pen. So be with us now as we write. Amen. Yeah. So you guys, that was awesome discussion. 
remember that what we are doing right now is taking the pulse of where we want to go next. There's been disruption by COVID. There's been disruption because of pastoral change. Your ideas are so important. And this is where we're going to look at where we go next. <laughs>